going on? Um, Sipping some coffee. Me too. Where'd you get yours from? I'm the only one not drinking coffee. Damn, I'll make it after. I went and got Dunkin' today. Ooh, normal coffee or do you go blueberry route? Blueberry? I thought you were a big blueberry fan. Blueberry coffee person. What? Simon. He loves the blueberry donuts. Blueberry cake donuts. Do they have blueberry coffee? um, Yeah, public service announcement. Do not ever get the blueberry coffee at Duncan. It's disgusting. I, I didn't know it even existed. Okay, this is actually a good thing to tell coffee drinkers about. So, <laughs> it, uh, for iced coffee, you can get multiple different flavor shots from Duncan, obviously. And right. they have ones that are, that like, they count as sweeteners, and they probably have a bunch of BS sugar in them. And then there's ones that are unsweetened. And I've tried all of them. And some of them are amazing. My favorite three are obviously French vanilla, which Simon got me on years ago at Penn State. And then uh, toasted almond and coconut. Those are also amazing because they're unsweetened, but they're flavor shots. Mm, I but, never thought about getting coconut. The coconut's oh my really God. good. Yeah, it's so good. Like. Yeah. And toasted almond, honestly, might have become my favorite. But don't ever get blueberry or raspberry. They are just abysmally horrible oh. i i legitimately have never even seen that at duncan yeah well most imp- there's the reason i like to stick to uh it, like toasted almonds nice because you don't have to specify sweetened or unsweetened i'm always afraid they're going to screw it up and not know what's going on because there's yeah. different kinds but like i think french vanilla they probably have a sweetened and unsweetened one of that although i'm not sure but um yeah just always be careful of that but anyhow, hmm. yeah, now you can spice up your coffee, iced coffee life at Dunkin' if you did not know about that already. Speaking of coffee, um, yeah, the super tangent, right? But Yeah, that's the name of the game. When, when did the day, when, 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 when was the transition that coffee was not included free with breakfast? I noticed that this I morning because I, I went out to get breakfast and I got charged for coffee. Always have been charged for coffee. Yeah, that's what I thought. What? No. Yeah, you just get free refills. I've I've always thought, unless I'm just thinking way too far back, that coffee has always come with your breakfast meals. Mine, as long as never I've with been, any where I was. Yeah, yeah, as long as I've been getting that at a fast food place or whatever. Like, no, I'm, are I'm you not talking, talking fast food. Fa- no, or? no, not fast food. Like a sit down. Oh, you know what, Josh? I, th- I think that sort of just depends. Like, if you're at a super old school diner, maybe. But even then, I mean, yeah, you usually yeah. pay like $2 for coffee with unlimited refills. That's a case-by-case thing, I think. Yeah, but I would say it's far more common you are paying for it. Even back in Eaton Park days in high school, I swear coffee always came with your breakfast. As someone who worked there, mm-hmm. it it was a charge. Was it? <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know. Fuck me. Just whatever. 2v1 podcast. Coffee. That was Yeah, that was your 2v1 podcast coffee breakfast minute. <laughs> and uh, these are your hosts, Alex. Nick. And Josh. Oh, and jo- good job. Jo- we did it correctly. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Josh wasn't paying attention. <laughs> no, I'm three. Okay. Remember, we were doing it in the order that we counted. Oh, whatever. So, <laughs> like, there was a plan. Yeah, yeah there Every, was never a this plan. entire thing is planned. Well, yeah. okay, so we started with coffee. Now let's get into what really matters: Star Wars Battlefront. Oh yeah, okay. I, let's... Yeah, I want to dive right into that. Yeah, I I haven't been able to gush about anything on here for a while, and that's something <laughs> I need to do. Oh, so you played more? I played four hours straight last night. 
Oh wow! We had a we had a assault? huge crew. What's up, Simon? Did you only play Walker uh, Walker Assault? Yes, I, and here's the thing: we played. Not only did we only play that, but it was on Hoth over and over and over again, and I we still didn't stop. I mean, it was just I enjoyed it so much. Um, I I have noticed that it it definitely seems like Imperials have a huge advantage on that. Absolutely, uh, yeah, Rebels can win. There's but. actually there was an actual article I read how that is a thing. Like this is how you have to mm-hmm. win as a rebel, and it's I'm sure they're gonna fix that. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even know if it needs fixed. I I think it might be because a lot of people, including myself, don't really know what to do. And it's also it's not like Halo where you have uh, you're playing an objective game and you can just play for kills and you might still win. That's not going to happen. Like, yeah, you, you have, have to do the objective. Exactly. So I'm not going to sit here and say that it's broken. I don't know enough about it. The problem is I just love playing it for fun and nothing else that I'm not mm-hmm. even focusing on winning. I mean, that, that might change when the actual game comes out, but oh my God. That was my same feeling. Yeah. I didn't care. I, I didn't care about yeah, winning. Who I was cares? just loving it. I, I just, holy crap, we just played for like, we had a group of, I don't know, five or six guys and played till... 130 or two and i just never got say i mean i stopped because i was tired were so. you able to get into games yeah, with each and, other yeah and we and you know as we mentioned we were tweeting about like it is hard it seems like there's some troubles whenever you have a larger party and all that but mm-hmm. uh once we got in we stayed in together and like even a couple like brozich was on the opposite team for the longest time and and it was funny because he was he was winning nonstop. He was on the team that was killing regardless of what side they were on. They just kept winning. But we didn't wow. want to risk breaking it up, so we just stayed in there and kept playing together and had a blast with it. Now, speaking of playing with a group, I do want to point out how you cannot differentiate your teammates while playing on the battlefield other than your one partner. Other than the partner thing, and yeah, I think that needs to be added or fixed. Do you mean more visually uh, discernible from the enemy? Well, yeah. Well, okay. even like on your mini map, like a different just on your mini map, like knowing yeah. where your teammates are. Aren't they all blue when they're your teammates? No, like the, your party, teammates. like people you're playing with. Oh, I apologize. Like yeah, friends. that'd be that'd be cool. I, like yellow ones would be nice. Yeah, it's it's yellow for your one partner, but you can only have one partner. Yeah. Yeah. They well, they need something for. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd like that. And I feel like that's not something new. <laughs> that no, that should that's been established for a while in a lot of other games. So why are they not mm-hmm. doing it? But before we complain, let's talk about all of the really good things. All about the good it. things. Yeah. Let, let's flying, do that because flying. That's all I want to do. Oh yeah, you love it. I adore it. It handles what I, well. You know what I did for the for the first time last night? I was in. And uh, I'm not perfect with the uh, nomenclature for all the aircraft. It, it's not an A-wing, and it's not an X-wing, but it's the one that you can wrap around the walker's legs. The speeder, the snow speeder. Yes. Oh, my God. It was so cool. Like, I was I was laughing out loud the whole time when I was wrapping it, because I was like, this is so great. So and, so you actually accomplished that? Because it takes them down immediately, yeah, right? It, yes, and it's difficult. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the stabilizing and everything. There's, like, four blue dots, and that's sort of how far into the process you are. I got to the fourth dot and the game ended and I was real disappointed. Hmm. So I almost yeah. took it down, but it was just, I was having a riot with it. Other than, so that was great. Other than the, the TIE fighters, were there any other vehicles? You could be an, an X-Wing. 
Do you mean for Imperials? No, for Imperials, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, for Imperials. Uh, the ATST. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But and you can get in the Walker, the too. The ATST is a lot of fun. But you're you're saying um, flying ones, there's just the TIE Fighters, right? Yeah, there's just the TIE Fighter. Yep. But I, I think. Yeah, um, I can't think of... I didn't see anything else, at least. I can say straight up, I, in my opinion, the best thing about the game is the sound. I'm yep. just, I'm so immersed in it. It's so yeah, authentic. It's, awesome. it's so good. Oh my god! It just really brings the experience together for me. The sound yeah, as the, well uh, as just the the environment you're in. For it's me, so least. authentic. Yeah, it's so. I mean, it really does Star Wars justice, and I feel so good about. Like it I remember just sitting, just sitting up on high ground and just watching the battle pan out, and I think that yeah. is just so cool. And just lasers everywhere. Yeah, I mean, what what I like about it is usually when there's some sort of novelty value in anything you do, you just sort of get used to it. Like, for example, uh, I remember 120 refresh rate TVs. You love them when you first see them, you know, a couple years ago. And then you just got used to the feel and you didn't, in essence, appreciate it anymore because you can't see it. As I'm playing this game, I'm constantly aware of Star Wars. And I think that's really cool. I'm, it's not just an FPS. You know what I mean? If if anything, it feels like kind of not the focus to be an FPS. Yeah. Does yeah. that make it? Like, the shooting is kind of not great, but at the same time feels good. Yeah, I love it. And I last night, I actually started unlocking stuff, and I got the Cycler rifle, which mm-hmm. is... I want to say the cheapest weapon in the world, but I I also don't want to call it a problem because it's you, hard to aim. I thought I love it. I think getting I love headshots. It too, it, oh, it's so so great. But that cooldown period, I mean, it's not a long cooldown period, but it also keeps people from abusing it too much. I mean, I get yeah. killed by it, but I don't get mad about it like I do getting sniped in COD. I mean, I just I don't think it's a problem. I think it's a fantastic weapon, but I think they did a pretty good job of moderating its usage. I could be in the minority there. I don't know. I I think that goes back to the game in general that like I don't care about winning. So I don't really care about my kill death or whatever. Yeah, mine's horrible, but I like sometimes I have amazing games, but I'm just loving playing it. Yeah, it it was just fun to play. Like you didn't have to freak out about stats or anything. And mm-hmm. and like it seems like unlocking stuff and ranking up and all that it doesn't matter too much if you win or lose. Like, you're still going to make progress. Yeah, and that's totally the case. Because, I mean, as I mentioned to you last night, or when we were playing last night, I was on a huge losing streak and I was still leveling up. So, yeah, yeah that does happen. So, it is launching with 12 maps. Do you think that is enough? Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, I think that's plenty. It's, it, the thing that I'm not worried, or the thing I am worried about, is that what are the other maps? Are they on the same level of scale? Um, I get not all of them. Some of them because are, that drop zone stuff was lame. Some of them are strictly for drop zone, and some of them are the larger environments for the assault. So it, yeah, it's a, it's I, a I variety. didn't. I didn't like drop zone very much i i still don't know if i ever even got to play it but i I mean here's the one thing i will say 12 maps i don't know if that'll be sped uh, spread too thinly with all the game types that there are but i mean i don't know enough about it so i'll just have to wait to see how that happens but most importantly i want to use all the maps 
I don't want it to be another shitty Halo experience yeah. where you don't even you play the same two or three maps over and over again. Do you know what's still? I feel like for this that won't happen. I hope not. Do you know what's still crazy to me? Is what? At the day and age we're at right now with technology and with the current consoles that games still don't launch at 1080. Xbox isn't capable of it. Yeah, the, that's right. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Just wanted to point that out. I, I, I don't think it matters anymore. I, I don't. I, that's never been a super crazy thing to me. It, it, I, I mean, I don't yeah, think, I think no, it's I don't weird, think it matters. But, yeah, I agree in the sense that, I mean, um, I think Battlefront looks so good. Now, I also think there's... I think right now I'm a little easier to uh, to satisfy with graphics because I haven't even played that many Xbox One titles and yeah. current gen things. So yeah. I, I do think that's a factor, but I still think it looks absolutely beautiful. Plus, you know, I'm I have a love affair for my TV and the contrast on it, especially with like the between the lights and darks on on Hoth is just it's just top notch. Yeah, wait, um, wait till you play Metal Gear. Oh, I can't wait. And, and and not that I need to talk about this, but the good news is my uh, three days that I had to myself the past three days to catch up on gaming, I flew through a lot of Metal Gear. I just killed uh, Crying Wolf. And so I guess there's, you know, one more of those. I have Mantis left, and then I know I'm close to the, getting close to the end. And yeah. um, sh- going back to Shadow Moses was the most incredible experience ever. That's all. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was so cool. So, um, back back to Battlefront. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I also thought it looked looked pretty good. Um, I really loved, even though Hoth is just a snowy wasteland. Yeah, they still made it look sweet. Like the trenches yeah. and it looks um, great. It just the expansiveness, like how far away you can see. Um. All of that and flying. When you're so flying, cool. I mean you you can go pretty far, you know, and, mm-hmm. which is good because you you freaking zip around in those things. I only just learned last night that you can throttle back. Thank God, because I was like, how are people using that's, these effectively? That's what I couldn't <laughs> figure out when Josh and I were first playing. Yeah, before you guys got on, I was like, I don't get how I'm flying. I can't control anything. Yeah, and then uh, I know we've talked about this, but. Um, just for the listeners, another one of my favorite things, just for everybody to appreciate, are the the noise the thermal detonators make. Yeah. So the thermal imploders, greatest thing ever. Uh, if you if you have a subwoofer, just crank it up for those. That whole the whole uh, sound again, like we said, is just amazing. Yep. They like really being in that it. when when you get in the walker. And you shoot those cannons mm-hmm. at the front of it, at its like head. It's just like so many memories come flooding yeah. back in from like watching that scene so many times. I have yet to be in a walker. Kind of stinks. It's it's cool. You don't you obviously don't control it. All you get to do is shoot. Uh-huh. But it's it's fun. Yeah. I mean I still You only get you only get like a minute in it. Yeah, I definitely wanna do it. I just haven't gotten the opportunity to yet. Mm-hmm. Did either of you get the chance to play as a hero? Yes. No. I get it multiple times. It's weird. I've I've played as Skywalker and Vader, uh, probably several times each. 
I didn't know. I I haven't played. I only played the one night again. Um, so I don't even know where those are in the map. As far as I, I mean, some I think some of them are set and some of them are randomized. I think. Okay. I, yeah, I didn't know if maybe the hero stuff. The hero stuff I would hope would be randomized, but I, I agree. Know. Yeah, that that could be really annoying. I mean, I mean, yeah. it, it's akin to getting rockets, except way more uh, irritating if that were yeah. a set thing. Everyone just rushing to it right off the bat. Yeah, and I mean, it, like, I know that that's a tactic, but sometimes that that gets really old. I mean. It's, it's, you know the analogy with rockets and halo like i don't always want to be running for them but other people no. who know they can kill me with one shot like they're gonna do it anyways and they're always gonna win if they do that and that sucks i don't mm-hmm. know it's weird okay so on that note who's getting it um not me that, it, it's tough man i mean the number one selling point for me to get a game at launch is who else is getting it and if I find out that, you know, even half of the guys I was playing with last night are going to get it and we can do that pretty regularly, then, yeah, I don't care. I mean, I'd get it at launch. When does it come out? A week after Fallout. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I maybe. And I imagine you guys are going to be playing Halo. I will still be playing yeah, Halo. Yeah, obviously. So, actually, here's here's my guess. Obviously, getting Halo and Fallout at launch, I'll probably wait for a Black Fl- uh, Friday deal for Battlefront because there probably will be one. And it's not that probably, yeah. I mean, it's not it might not be a killer deal, but it'll be something. And it's not that that game isn't worth full price because it absolutely is. But with Halo and Fallout, it does not make sense for me to get it at launch. So, I. I could totally play that game by myself mm-hmm. and have fun. Yeah, same. I did. Um, it's just I don't, I don't know if that whole nostalgia thing because a lot of a lot of my enjoyment of that was purely that. Are you worried like, about pl- that lasting? Like playing, yeah, and mm-hmm. like playing it felt all right, and everybody felt like they were on the same level. Um, it just. I don't know how fun it would be to play very much of. I, I I just I don't know. I can't really explain much better why I feel that way. No, <laughs> I, I just, get it. I mean, that I can... just don't know. I just don't know if I'd want to really put much time into it. That feeling can wear off at any second with any game. You know, all of a sudden you can just lose interest in something and be like, "Well, I've gotten everything I need to get out of this game." And like that could yeah, definitely like, happen with that for you. I almost just want to see all of the other instances mm-hmm. once or twice, yeah. and that'll be enough. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe you'll end up like red boxing it or something if you can. That, that's one. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll just go back to infiltrating fobs. Yeah. Which is awesome. I love that. <laughs> and I haven't I haven't done that. I haven't done that in a couple days, but. So good. Metal Gear is so weird and good. <laughs> yes. Speaking of Metal Gear, the online portion came out for the systems, but it has not come out for the PC yet. Didn't right. know it wasn't out. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah, no, they uh, they had to wait a little bit to release it. Good, because it wasn't ready. 
Apparently, good. yeah. I've heard I'm good glad things. They waited. Yeah. Um, I have not tried it. Yeah, are you going to? I don't. I don't know. We'll see. We'll I see. I have like almost zero interest. I was going to ask you the same thing. Then is come January, will you hop on and give it a shot? I'll, I'll probably play a single game just to see what it's like. But I'm not. I'm not like looking forward to it or planning on putting any time into it at all. Hmm. We'll see. You still intend to nuke? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that's the whole point that I'm still playing is like, I'd love to build up all the resources and try and do that. It's just so crazy. It takes, I'm to the point in that game where developing things takes an unbelievable amount of time. Um, and it, ta- it takes real time. It's not like an in-game sped up mm-hmm. by like 10% time. It's real time. Yeah. And it and it takes 24 hours to develop a nuke. So I'd have to put in a ton of time to get to that point, And then I'd have to find something to do while playing the game for 24 hours until it got developed. Metal Gear has some massive endgame grinding. Yep. Yes, it does. And this is actually where the uh, microtransaction stuff kind of comes into play. Does that speed up? Uh, essentially, because if you want to build another forward operating base, other than the one that it uh, gives you for free, you have to spend real money. Um, I meant to check and confirm how much it costs before we recorded, but I didn't have a chance. So I'm not sure what it really costs. But the idea is when you build another FOB, you can start developing more platforms and having a bigger team of people to research things more quickly and blah, 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 make more money. So if you don't want to do that, it takes a really, really long time to start accomplishing anything. And what what is the insurance thing for? The forward operating base. So, like, if somebody, yeah, Alex, they uh, they introduced insurance on your bases in case people steal your stuff. I love that. That's <laughs> just amazing. FYI, and you have to spend real money on it. Ooh. Um, it it just protects your stuff. So, like, if somebody infiltrates your base and steals steals or kills your soldiers and steals all your resources, you can choose to like retroactively get it back. By purchasing insurance or something, but real money as a microtransaction. Yes, it's a microtransaction. You cannot, you cannot get insurance within the game. You have to pay for it. So that mother base insane. coins. Yeah, those are the. Yeah, a hundred of them cost a dollar sixty-five. Okay, I don't know how much what a hundred does for you. Me either, and and I don't know if you noticed when you were logging in to play Mm -hmm. that it would sometimes give you coins daily yes they would only give you like 30 or something i figured they were giving you not even close to enough to actually use them but again i didn't didn't get a chance to see exactly what stuff costs yeah you can buy six thousand for eighty dollars weird weird thing good good old konami yeah I, I don't really care that it exists in the game, especially because the forward operating base stuff is so 
voluntary and doesn't impact your single player experience like at all really because because josh you didn't engage in it at all and you still were able to finish the game i didn't do anything with it yeah so it, it's all completely optional yeah. if it's optional and voluntary then i mean that's can't really complain too much about that it's almost no. a whole separate game you could consider everything with mother it is essentially another game another game yeah just a resource management game pretty much yep that could easily launch on its own as a side thing that definitely yeah i could definitely see that as like a standalone something which is really interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's what made that game is so strange there's just so many things happening in it Hundreds of hours of playtime. Mm-hmm. If you want. Yeah. Well, yeah, with, with any games, if you want. Yeah. As opposed to the, the six or seven hour story campaign shooters that, that are coming out mm-hmm. nowadays for the same price. Yep. Oh, well. What else? Um, I finished Batman. Oh, I'm Ooh. super excited. Yeah, uh, I liked it. It was good. Um, the story was cool. I like it, it. Well, I guess what I saw of it was cool because technically I didn't wrap it up. I ran out of time. Um, whenever you beat the main quest, it's like, hey, go finish these side villain things to see the full ending pretty much. And I like that that exists and that there's more to do that's worth doing. I don't know how deep or good that is um but yeah i ran out of time because I, I had to rent it again to beat it and then had to take it back are you going to uh, rent it again no i'm not going to www.youtube.com um, yeah i i will <laughs> i i plan to watch what i can about any of that stuff um the batmobile is the most annoying thing in a game I can think of this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's a damning comment right there. It is, it is just so stupid. It It's so stupid. Completely unnecessary. It negatively impacted my experience. That sucks. Um, because overall, I did like the story. I thought it was cool. And just like anytime anything started going or like you had a decent amount of time where I haven't been in the Batmobile, and this is cool. This feels like the other Batman games. They just throw in this segment where you have to shoot a million things and be in the Batmobile for like half an hour or something. It's, it was dumb. And there was a boss fight in the Batmobile. It was so stupid. It was really frustrating. It wasn't, it wasn't clever or fun or interesting. It was just frustrating. Well, that sucks. Yeah, it, it really does. And I, I, I'm i curious what Josh is going to think when he plays, because I feel like you'll like it, but I don't know. I bet I do. It happens too much. I think you'll do it's, mental gymnastics to force yourself into liking it, even if That's you what I'm afraid of. No, <laughs> no I won't do that. But I, I, we'll see. I can't say anything about it now. Yeah, I, I mean, I had not really seen much of the game, because... I figured I'd play it at some point, so I avoided a lot of it. And I heard people complaining, like, there is a lot of the Batmobile in this, but I did not know the extent of how much it is in that game. It is 
ridiculous. Well, I thought the consensus was that the the beginning portions do throw it in a lot, but the further you yeah, get, that's what I thought too. The further you get along, the the more the less time you're actually in it. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're you you are in that thing at least fifty percent of that main story. Oh, half the game. Doing yeah, you have to do a lot of stuff with it too. There's there's like puzzles that involve it that honestly were a little surprising. Like like I was like, how is this happening? This actually is kind of cool. I could see it. I could see Batman having to do this sort mm-hmm. of. But then you start thinking, no, they they just created it around this. They they just shoehorned in a puzzle with the Batmobile because they wanted you to use it as much as possible i i don't know it, it's it's a little hard to explain because you'd have to play it and see the puzzles right but i both liked them and didn't like them because overall i hate the batmobile but those puzzles sort of worked yeah now what if what if the batmobile was used less throughout the main story but those puzzles still existed that would be fine. Okay, so so your, that's what your I mean. Like that, you just don't like how much it was used in the main story. Yeah, like they, it it was just so silly. Like you'll you'll do something, you'll further along the plot, you'll do a main part of it, and then it'll just be like, all right, uh, get to this point of interest and do the next mission. Once you get there, they're just like. Oh, there's a bunch of tanks everywhere. We have to kill them um, before we can continue. And it does that all the time. It it It's so dumb. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with what is happening in the story, like, at all. It's It, it was silly every time you had to do it. And there was one... There was one instance of it where you had to fight probably, like, 50-some tanks at a time. And it was just just annoying like it it was it felt like arbitrary lengthening of the plot now did you use it at all to get around the city or did you just grapple everywhere i did okay i did i i, I like driving it like i i thought that was all right like if you just used it to drive around that would have been really cool um because i mean the batmobile is a big thing of batman like it's a big part of him like his gadgets and technology and all that stuff it just didn't need to have a gun <laughs> that you spend a lot of time shooting and blowing up. Now here's where it gets tanks. Here's where it gets difficult for me with that, and this is all coming from me not having played it yet. But if they did not add the Batmobile, I'm sure once it came out, and it, this could be perfectly fine, that a lot of people would say it's the exact same game, which would be good for Batman. But you know now that they went and tried to do something else nobody likes it if you get what i'm going well, with there yeah and and i said this last week like it just feels like they needed to put in something different mm-hmm. so they did put Instead in something of, different it just they didn't they put too much of it in yeah yeah like they they relied on it heavily mm-hmm. because just like you said, people would probably be like, oh, it's just another Batman game. Yeah, it, it is just another Batman game, really, other than the Batmobile. 
I didn't want to be in the Batmobile though. Like that, if they would have just added it in a little bit to give a little bit of a difference and kind of give you a taste of it and make everything optional, that would have been sweet. But because you get forced into it so much, it it ends up hindering how I think about the whole thing. Worse, worse than just being another Batman game. Like if they had just made it Arkham City Two, you know. How's a how big is that city, by the way? I I don't know. I didn't really get a feel for it. I mean, you get around so fast, mm-hmm. and I was always just mainlining the quest. I have I have no idea, honestly. So you, if it felt big or not, mm-hmm. I didn't. I never looked at the map. <laughs> I was always just going, 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 going on that point A quest. to point B. <laughs> yeah. So as for Rocksteady, um. No one really knows exactly what they're doing next, but the the two main ideas are either a whole new, a whole other new Batman games, just in not the Arkham sort of feel, since this was the last Arkham game, um, mm-hmm. or they they could secretly be developing a Justice League game, which I I would I'd play any of them. I'd like that studio. Uh, yeah, I mean they're insanely talented. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, there is a lot of really nice attention to detail in the Batman games. Um, so I, I would love to see what else they do. I, I don't really care if it's another superhero thing, because I don't care that much. Um, especially about Justice League. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd check out whatever they're working on. I'm interested to see what they come up with next. Yeah, it could be an older-style Batman game could be interesting i don't know so nick didn't you play something else too i did um and i thought i'd have a lot to say about it before before i played it and before we were recording um i played the beginner's guide which is a pc game made by the same guy who made the stanley parable which I don't know if we had been doing the podcast yet when I played that. I Do you guys don't remember? remember you talking about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I ever did. Um, quickly, the Stanley Parable is a PC game uh, where you—it's first person where you just had you were a person working in an office. Everybody in the office just disappears, and you have to walk around the office and figure out what happened. <laughs> In a nutshell, that's the, that's the plot. <laughs> um, what that game really is was a sort of like stab at video games themselves and playing with how games are made, how people make choices in games, how the player comes to make these choices, morality, all this stuff. It, it was like a comical look at video games in general. And, and it's very clear about that. Like, there's a narrator telling you the whole time, like, you're playing a game. This is really funny. Why did you choose to do that? And it has all these different branching paths that the point of playing is you try and figure out different ways to end the game. And there were a lot of them. I, I mean, I never saw everything. I saw a good bit of it, but I definitely didn't see everything. And it would just be as simple as... You're presented with two doors. 
do you take the one on the left or one on the right? And then from then on, it just branches and branches and branches with choices. And it was very funny. I loved it. Um, the guy made a new game called The Beginner's Guide uh, that just came out, like, I think this week. Um, not so much of a game because it's more of a narrative experience. Like, he, the guy that made it did it all himself for the most part, and he narrates to you as you're playing it. And he starts it off right at the beginning saying, I made the Stanley Parable. This is, this is my new game. <laughs> so, so it's not like trying to present itself as some game with a story. It's just him saying like, hey, I know that you're playing this. I am a real person. I made this and I'm talking directly to you. Which was really cool, actually. Um, and it was very short. It was like, I don't know, I think I beat it in under an hour. Um, How much was it? Ten bucks. Okay. Um, I spent, I think I spent, when, when it first came out, it had the typical Steam discount, so it was like eight, and then I had some, I had some Steam money from selling the trading cards, I, so I ended up spending like five dollars, um, but I, I wouldn't have minded if it was, if I spent ten, I, I think it was worthwhile, um, and that's where I prefaced all, prefaced all this with, is that I can't say too much about it, because, there isn't much that happens. Also, it's very short that I can't really talk too much, otherwise everything is spoiled. Um, just that it really made me depressed. Oh, maybe I'll play it. Uh, and it was... It's a tough thing. It's a very personal game from him. I mean, you can tell it immediately that like it's, it's probably about him. He... The whole thing is he's talking about playing some other guy's games and explaining these games to you. But it seems like that other guy is actually him. And I don't know, it deals with being a creative person and having to satisfy people that consume your work and trying to please them and how that can negatively impact you. And it, I don't know, I... When I when it was over, I just sat there and I was like, "Wow, I feel horrible." It, 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 <laughs> what you said about appealing to the masses—it reminds me. It, it I immediately thought of Phil Fish. Uh, because that basically happened. Yeah, he quit because of because of the community. Yeah, I mean, he's all he's always come off as kind of an asshole anyway, but like still. The community ate him alive. <laughs> and Fez was a really good game. So, like, yeah, that's, that's a really good, that's a good point. So, the Steam description good example. for the Beginner's Guide is, The Beginner's Guide is a narrative video game from Davey Redden, Redden? Redden, the creator of Stanley, Pro Stanley Parable. It lasts about an hour and a half and has no traditional mechanics, no goals, or objectives. Instead, it tells a story of a person struggling to deal with something they do not understand. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is. Hmm. And Nick, just for um, a little bit of background for me and for the average listener who not, might not be educated on that, when you said the creator of that, uh, of Fez, was basically eaten alive, what do you mean by that? Um, 
Fez. Uh, Fez was that arcade game. It's like a platformer. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, it, it came out to like a lot of critical success. Uh-huh. Like that was a very successful game. Um, so much that he started working on another one. Uh, Fez, there was literally a Fez 2 in the works. Like, it was supposed to come out. There was a launch trailer, everything. Um, he always had this personality of, like, fighting back at people that would criticize him Mm -hmm. instead of just, you know, taking criticism. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the breaking point was. But it was a ra- it was about Fez two, and it's just people. There was like outrage at him with the whole GamerGate thing. I think he was involved with that somehow. Um, and he was just like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm done, and I'm not making games anymore. And that was a while ago now, and he probably isn't going to anymore. Interesting. Yeah, it. I like. I don't have a specific example of, like, somebody yelling at him. I think it was just, like, the general gaming community thinks negatively of him. Yeah. No, I, I understand. Somehow, I was just, I, I was just yeah. curious for a little bit of background on it and um, and how, uh, how it came to be. He, uh, honestly, for anybody interested, Indie Game the I was going to bring that up. Is, is a really good uh, perspective on him making Fez. He he is one of the people featured uh, in that featured in that movie. Yeah, um, it, it very good. Movie yeah, documentary about, about the burgeoning indie game scene from like a couple years ago. It, it's really it's pretty really much good. all him, uh, Jonathan Blow, which was the Braid creator, and the guys from Super Meat Boy. So it, yeah, it's on Netflix. I highly highly recommend it. Yeah, they they also had a, an offshoot about Minecraft too by the same people that made indie game the movie it just wasn't included in the movie it's kind of its own movie also very good oh brave so what a magnificent experience so i'm on <laughs> phil fish's wikipedia because i was interested in to see what the what really the breaking point was um and all i see i'd have to look into it more is a Twitter argument between Fish and Game Trailers journalist Marcus Beer a month later culminated in the project's cancellation and Fish's exit from the industry. Beer had okay. criticized Fish's recent response to questions about Microsoft's Xbox One self-publishing policy change. So it sounds like Fish spoke out about Xbox One's publishing and got some backlash for it. I don't know. But uh, his, his tweet, Fish's tweet was fez 2 is canceled i am done i take the money and i run this is as much as i can stomach this isn't the result of any one thing but the end of a long bloody campaign you win mm-hmm. which another part of this is he had a very difficult legal battle for the rights to fez um which is featured in indie game the movie um he uh had a partner he was making it with initially that they parted ways due to whatever argument, and the other guy that he was working with would not sign over rights to Fez for him to release it. Um, up until like the very last second, uh, like a lot, a lot of his portion of indie game the movie is him just freaking out about how he cannot 
possible he, he might not actually ever release the game and at this point there had been a lot of press on it a lot of people had seen it and played it he was featuring it at like trade shows and stuff it was building hype that potentially he could not meet right because of rights so there's that whole background thing too which it's you know it's it's not it's not hard to uh sympathize mm-hmm. with him yeah man who would have thought we would have gotten we would have been talking about phil fish in a podcast episode <laughs> yeah because you never hear yeah. about him anymore and and fez fez was a great game fez 2 i don't know if it really needed to be made but i would have probably still played it and he would probably still be making games i but, just i like yeah. um some i know sometimes uh, and myself included, you know, whenever we mention names like that or something that's v- very, it, it's more for pe- people who are more generally in tune with what's going on in the industry. And sometimes some of our listeners, I've had people ask me like, oh, you know, you, you guys just sort of brushed past this topic yeah. or this guy, you know, and that's every once in a while. It, it's cool to hear about th- stuff like that because it's, it's also totally understandable that people might have never even heard of fez yeah and that's a smaller thing for sure yeah but i just thought of that because um last night and i told you guys i had a story to tell you and i never told you so um the one restaurant that amber and i love going to uh and we just go up and sit at the bar and get like appetizers and drinks and stuff uh we became uh regulars and we would always go to this one bartender his name's austin and um we Went there last night as usual, saw him there and everything, and, um, you know, it, it was just business as usual, r- real nice night and everything, and then finally, he had he had just brought up to me, and he, he said, do I remember that you love video games? And I was like, well, I said, we actually never talked about that, but uh, co- uh, coincidentally, like, I live for video games, <laughs> so um, <laughs> then from that point on, uh, it was like a stepbrothers moment. It was like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. And, and nonstop, like Amber is a trooper because she never, never heard a peep out of her. She loved that I was having such a good time, but we just broed and nerded out big time, like all night long. And um, it was real awesome. So shout out to Austin uh, for that. But we were, so as soon as we had that discussion, he's just like, so I assume you played Star Wars. So it was just like Star Wars, you know, Battlefront yeah. talk all night. But yeah. um, he he surprised me. I just, uh, getting back to what I was talking about, he surprised me with, I could tell he was really A, passionate, and B, learned on the industry. Like he knew a lot of stuff and was throwing a lot of stuff out there that just a super casual gamer or somebody who just plays COD would have no idea, you know, what mm-hmm. you're talking about. So that was cool. Always nice to meet somebody else like that. Oh yeah, it really is. It's it's refreshing. And, and and I said that to Amber. I was like, see, I'm not alone. I was like, it's not yeah. just me. I'm not weird. <laughs> yeah, there's there's the people who just play games and love playing games, and there's the people that actually follow the industry news and whatnot. And yeah, not and saying... there's people in between too. And that's me. Mm-hmm. You guys are much more ravenous consumers of um, up to date news and things like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm for the most part, I'm genuinely interested in what goes on behind the scenes. Yep. Yeah. I, I like knowing I like knowing who the people are, especially now, like this goes back to the beginner's guide. Like it's 
it's really, really cool seeing the indie stuff continue to grow, continue to be successful, and you learn more about the people behind it because there's only so many people making it. And it makes it a lot more personal and uh, easy to like see their thoughts put into the game itself like they're not they're not going through a uh, a whole like chain of command at a really big studio trying to get some little thing that they want in the game right if they want it in the game it's in the game and I, that's awesome yeah um citing back to the indie game the movie it's it's really interesting from the standpoint of team meat with you know kind of what they went through so they're two guys that don't live with each other. They live out of, they live with their parents. They're just developing this game on their own. And just, it's something that not many people will ever experience putting a video game online, not having any idea how it's going to do. And then mm-hmm. sitting in front of the screen and just staring and waiting to see the sales numbers. And then out of nowhere, holy shit, we're selling a lot of games. And that probably mm-hmm. makes the last two years or however long you took in development completely worth it. Yeah, and that game specifically because it's so important to me. Like, I love that game so much. It's absolutely one of my favorite games of all time. Just seeing how serious they mm-hmm. were about it. Like, just these two guys that were so committed to this game. I, you're talking about Meat Boy, I assume. Yeah, Super Meat Boy. I could I could um, tell just from your enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it, it was really interesting that this was filmed because it was, like, it was hell for the, uh, the programmer specifically. Like, he, he went crazy making this game. Yeah. Like, and you can see that, like, in his interviews and everything. Like, you can tell that he put everything he had into this. And he's, like Josh said, he there was a specific scene of him sitting on Xbox just waiting to see Super Meat Boy on the store page. And, like, just that, like, anticipation. I can't even imagine what that felt like. Oh, that, that's got to be the scariest and also coolest and most rewarding feeling in the world waiting to see how that performs yeah and the, the worst yeah. part about that entire thing is he was sitting there you know it, it was supposed to go up at this time so here comes that time and it's and, and, it, and it wasn't, wasn't on there. the store mm, and yeah. he freaked out um long yeah, st- long so. story short he was in a different time zone as opposed to when it was coming out <laughs> yeah and and again there was actually a lot riding on this game Kind of because Super Meat Boy came out like four years ago now, five years ago. Uh, twenty twenty ten. I don't know. This was okay. So five years ago. This was this was kind of still in the very early stages of like smaller games getting a lot of notice, and this was also Microsoft's huge push on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Their Summer of Arcade. If you guys remember yes. that. Oh yeah. Super Meat Boy was like one of the featured games for that. It was like it was kind of like launching into this new digital only smaller games that now is a very big thing. So it not only did they put all this effort into it, it was there was a lot of eyes on it. 
So. Right. Yeah. And speaking of Super Meat Boy, it just became available on PlayStation 4 and Vita. So Ooh. it is available on literally every platform. No, you should awesome. play it. <laughs> and you should play it because it is incredible. I, I've played it as in I've tried it, but um, you, you said the guy put him into a, uh, he put himself in a personal hell coding. The only uh, hell that was worse than that is the hell that he put his players in. <laughs> yeah. Because it is just. Oh, so brutal. It's very punishing. So, but so good at the same time. And they did such a good job of instant gratification. Yes. Immediate retrying. So, yeah. That makes it that game. That game doesn't work without that. No, God, no. <laughs> oh, I want, I want that second one. Yeah. I mean, I, I almost, I mean, talking about it now, I almost don't want them to ever do it again. <laughs> no. No, because because that game was so perfect. I think for, in my opinion, like I I don't know if they need to. I don't know if I want more or need to see more. I'll play it. I mean, if if it really does come out, I will play it. You know, I I can't help myself. But it also, you know, does that take away from the first game a little bit? Should it just exist as its own thing? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a tough subject. It is. And it's all it's all personal opinion. Like maybe you want more then you get more. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Yeah, so I played Valiant Hearts but not really much to say about that other than Yeah. What is that, though, a, Josh? It's just a it's super basic point and click puzzle adventure game. Set in World War One, um, we briefly talked about it last week. So, okay, but free on Xbox. It's good. One gold. Um, it's short. I'm on the last chapter. I'm probably only about four hours in. Oh. Wait a minute. Um, I'm confused. I remember there being like that side-scrolling 2D. That's it. Uh, that's it. Oh, that's what it's called. Okay, I didn't yeah. have the name right. I don't know why. Because yeah, I definitely remember talking about that thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a point and click. I guess it's, I didn't realize. I mean, it's that. it's not technically considered a point and click, but that's pretty much all it is. You're, it's a two D side scroller that you pick up items and use. It's them. It's a two D side scroller point and click <laughs> with some puzzle elements. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah, that's what threw me off. I just wasn't aware of what the title was. I didn't. Yeah, that's good that you're uh, playing all the way through. That's cool. It's it's very heavily narrative based, which is good. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'm gonna hate the ending, but we'll see. <laughs> speaking of speaking of endings um i do want to go back and talk about metal gear's actual ending because oh. nick and i had a heavy discussion about this um okay so for the last uh five to ten minutes then should we do spoiler alert and then should i not be present or what do you think that's a good no, idea i wasn't going to spoil anything i was just going to yeah, I didn't, I didn't think. Yeah. Okay, then whatever. Go so ahead. last week, I only talked about the soft ending. So that's the 30th mission of 50 mm-hmm. is, is the soft ending. So the actual, I don't know how to phrase it. I guess the actual Metal Gear-esque <laughs> ending. Yeah. And yeah. then you get 20 more missions. Um, but out of those 20, I'd say only half aren't recycled missions that are just made more difficult um 
not even half. I think there's only like four or five. Okay. Um, and that was one of my big complaints is, so they have after you hit 30, um, so we'll say 15 more after that, are just, are missions you already played, but they just make them more difficult. Um, I, I think it's a cop out. I don't see any reason to include those in the main story, especially because to get the actual ending, you have to do all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and the actual Metal Gear ending, the quote-unquote hard ending, um, f- completely, completely caught me off guard. I did not see it coming at all, and I think it is a necessity to get to that point in that game. Mm-hmm. And having those more difficult missions as a barrier to entry to actually get the ending, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of mm-hmm. sucks. Because um, some of those missions aren't pushovers. They they are difficult. No. Yeah, it's hard. Um, and, f- and for the... Uh, because that game isn't that hard in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, all of a sudden, it kind of really ramps. And for up. the casual gamer, they get they get through the thir- the the thirty main story quests. The game ends. Okay, it was okay. Mm-hmm. It was a good. Story. It was all right. But to see what actually happens and to see what that game is about, you have to get through the rest of the missions. Yeah, and and it's not clear that you need <laughs> to do that. It's kind of like it kind of looks optional. On top of. So on top of having required side quests, shouldn't mm-hmm. that just be part of the main quest? Then? Yeah, it should just be a mission. <laughs> yeah, it, there there is a lot of strange stuff going on there. Not clear what you're supposed to always be doing. And that could prevent people from actually seeing mm-hmm. the ending. <laughs> Which, again, that sucks. But public service announcement don't stop you'll know when you're Mm -hmm. done (laughs) i uh upon finishing it i forced myself and had to go back and read Uh, nick sent me an article on giant bomb someone wrote up about what happened and and how it relates to a lot of pretty much the entire series um yeah and holy shit is it a curveball mm-hmm like mm-hmm. that's not an understatement whatsoever. It it kind of throws the entire Metal Gear story on just upside down. Just turns it upside down yeah. on its head. Yeah, and I know that might sound crazy because the Metal Gear games are crazy to begin with. The story's kind of a bit out there, but it in the same regard, it's grounded for that franchise until you hit the ending of five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, I do agree with you there. I I was just talking to my brother about. Um, Metal Gear is one of those stories where um, whenever I achieve my goal one day and uh, I'm a rich playboy and I don't have to do anything with my life, (laughs) that is something that I will consume and devour everything from start to finish. Like I will play every Metal Gear game available. I will read every little bit of lore. Like I want to experience all the stuff that right now I wouldn't even consider. Like acid and peace walker and you know whatever like because it's all so real to me I, I yeah the supernatural stuff maybe not so much but as a whole it's so real metal mm-hmm. gear stuff 
and scary. I know. I know there are those other games like Acid and Portable Ops. I don't and think stuff. those need to be played though. I think those are completely standalone. Those there. don't need to be played. <laughs> yeah, I I actually think Kojima doesn't even recognize them. Oh well, that makes me feel. Real they're good. they're card games. Um, Peace Walker though, is important apparently. What Peace is? Walker. Peace Walker. Okay, Peace Walker. Now the thing is, I think actually it happens to be right here. It is on that PS. I think it's a PSP. But it, it's on the PS3 in the pack in the collector's pack. Oh okay. Oh, I was going to ask if it was on the HD remaster. It is. Oh, it is. Okay, cool. Sweet. Yeah, which I never played that. That's how I obviously played Snake Eater. Uh, I'm not going to because of everything else I have to play, but playing that and 4 and then obviously Ground Zeroes and 5 coming up, I know I'm going to want to play Sons of Liberty again. <laughs> uh, oh, I, man. I still don't even know. I don't know if I can come up with which one's my favorite. Like... I was really enthralled with Snake Eater, but I, I don't I don't know if anything can ever beat Sons of Liberty for me. I think the first one's my favorite. Really? That's, a, that's actually like a really, really important, specific game on me as a gamer yeah. overall. No, I, that, I that totally like understand really and agree with thing. that. Yeah. When, when I first saw that game, I was just like, what? What? <laughs> Like what game? This is what games can be. Yeah, it's it's funny, Alex. When you mentioned Sons of Liberty, it kind of it gave me a, a quick chill because of how five reflects what happens in two. Sweet, sweet. That's all. <laughs> I'm right on that, right, Nick? I'm not sure what you're talking about, but I don't know. We'll discuss. From a yes, time frame after. perspective, and who is where? No? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Food for thought. I don't know if I get what you're hinting at, but... Yeah, let, let's. We'll, we'll you guys after. can talk in full detail instead of these cryptic non-messages. Yeah, and the whole... <laughs> the, and it sucks talking about this game for, like, the past five or six episodes have all been cryptic because you can't talk about what happened. Yeah, cause it's still been pretty... Um, I mean, it hasn't been out that long. No, it really hasn't. God, it's only been... Has it even been a full month? I thought it came out, like, maybe I, early September. I think we're just getting yeah, to maybe a month. right around a month. I, yeah, will, crazy. I will stand by that 5 has the best gameplay out of all of them, easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. If it wasn't for the first 30 missions, I would consider it my all-time favorite because because of mm. the ending. Um, yeah. The ending is huge. Yeah, it really it really makes that whole experience something and different. On last week's podcast when I was talking about just the soft ending, Nick, you you even mentioned that just wait that you'd hadn't and seen everything, everything kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. Indeed it does. I I kind of want to say I, I think that is required gaming. If you're not a fan <laughs> of the series, it won't have an impact. Yeah, though. true. Very true. So that's, that's what's like, hard. I wonder what the people who this is the first Metal Gear they played. Wonder how what they took away from that. They're probably like, oh, this is amazing. i got to play all the other ones. And then they'll play them and be like, what the hell is this garbage? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's what I think would happen. But Yep. Um, 
I have to do one last little plug, of course, because I always have to do movie plugs. I watched a really random movie called Maggie. Oh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. See, I'd never heard of it. Go figure. <laughs> I just, I didn't see <laughs> I, it. I know what um, it is. It's about him and his daughter, right? Yeah. Yes, hard hard for me to recommend because uh, it was it was very slow at times, but it was not a bad movie. It was only an hour and a half, so I I I praise any movie that is an hour and a half now because mm-hmm. that's what movies need to be. Unless you earn a two hour slot or more, it needs to be an hour and a half. I, I but anyways, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, you I don't you can make a six hour movie. I don't care. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, just in a nutshell, people have this. N- insane i can't i can't remember the name of the virus it had necro in it so that made me happy but some crazy virus and you turn into a zombie but here's the thing it takes like months to happen oh horrible thinking about yeah like once you get it you're 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 done and you know some people turn faster than others but it still takes forever At, at least you know six weeks maybe usually more like i think months but um and then you get down to a point where they have everybody strictly regulated and if you have it like the police and the government's keeping tabs on you because they know you have it and they allow you to live out some of your days but then you get to a point whenever it's you're you're sort of a close call and Mm -hmm. you legally have to go be sent to quarantine as they call it and it's basically they throw all a bunch of people in these areas and they don't separate the different stages. So it's just like people eating each other, including oh, people wow. who are still human. Uh, yeah. So insane. But like, imagine having your daughter, she is turning into a zombie. She's going to turn into a monster, but you don't know exactly when. And like toward the end of the movie, she looks disgusting. Like her <laughs> eyes are all cataracty and her face is rotting and like her arms like practically falling. Oh my God. Really, Ugh. just just food for thought. I'm at like turning into a zombie is bad enough. You know, you get bitten. Oh my god, I'm gonna turn into a zombie in six hours. But imagine that death sentence over a period of weeks to months. So mm-hmm. that's my food for thought to leave with. Speaking everybody. of movies, Nick, you said you rented <laughs> Mad Max. I did, and I finished it, and I thought it was sweet as hell. Oh, okay. Well, I gotta <laughs> see it now, and I I will cast my final vote. Josh was unimpressed. Nick loved it. It was super cool. I don't know how you didn't really like it that much. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I'll Tom, definitely. Tom Hardy it. was not like Bane at all. No, I didn't say he was like Bane. It's just he, he, you, had the I, voice. he didn't even his voice didn't sound. It didn't sound like him. I don't know. The first time I heard him, I think him, he I, changed his voice significantly for Batman. I I don't know. If, I don't know. I, I immediately <laughs> I, heard Bane. I love the hundred eighty degree different perception. Yeah, so I, I thought it was super, super cool. Cool, and it lo- shot amazingly. Look, looked amazing. I can't wait. I got Charlie's Theron's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really, actually, like a pretty good story too. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's there. The story is there. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought that the universe that gets set up in that was so fleshed out in only like a two-hour movie. It was crazy. You do okay. Do you at least semi see where I was coming from when I said that it wasn't all super over the top, constant it action? It totally was, though. Uh, it, there was only like a fifteen minute segment of that movie where weird stuff isn't happening. Maybe I'm weird or crazy. I don't know. And and the whole time I was watching, I was thinking, 
I wish I could be in Josh's head when he saw this because I don't get what he was talking. <laughs> I wish about. I wish I could be in Josh's head for a lot of things. It would be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Highly recommended. Cool. Definitely want to watch the old ones too. Yeah. Just to see them. I I don't forget I did like the movie and I would still recommend it. It's just not what I wanted out of it or yeah, what I then that's fair. You yeah. Say that, yeah. So. Well, but I'm hungry exciting. and I need coffee. Need. I need coffee. Yeah, I do need it. <laughs> I don't want it. It's strange. Does your does your day typically start with you and coffee, or is it just weird because of the podcast you don't have coffee immediately? Because I am right when I wake up, that's my coffee time, uh, pretty much. No, I, Simon, it doesn't matter. I mean, I like having it, you know, all throughout the day. I can have whatever, whenever. So it, uh, I, it, it's not like a psychological thing when I wake up and absolutely need it or anything well, like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's really psychological for me. I just like my coffee in the morning, and that's really the only time I drink oh, it. I, I do too. Trust me. Like if, um, I don't know. I, I definitely like having it very early in the morning if possible. But I was running. I I dropped Amber off somewhere while I was doing this, and I was testing out with the mic. I just didn't get around to making it. So sometimes I like to make it and have it with the podcast. Now that's perfect. I've been yes. wanting to ask you guys a question for like three podcasts now, and I never got to do it. Okay, and it's not important at all. And it's completely, there's no basis to it. I just want to ask. And it's going to bother me until I do it. Do it. Okay. So come the day that you guys may or may not have a child. So let's just say you do have a child. Okay. Uh huh. What is the first video game that you will require them to play? Now, remember, this doesn't necessarily mean it's your favorite game. This is the first game you'd want your child to How do I get them hooked? Uh, You know what? I can't even... I can't accurately answer it because I don't know what the... I don't know. I'm not sure. I I have to come up with a plan of how I'm going to uh, shove them and make them live under a rock because my child will not be raised by an iPad or or whatever godforsaken technology is out at that point, like every other kid today. So I'll have to try and figure out what are are their expectations because, you know, if you try and shove... um, something like an old resident evil or final fantasy on them they'll be like what the hell is this so, so got to figure out so how it's, it's, so it's it. interesting. definitely start something easier yeah. it's, it's interesting though you using the word shove as though you're forcing the game onto them no i said shove as in shove them under a rock and hide them from uh the way children are being raised today hmm. being raised by technology because they are yeah Totally. Yeah. Well, that's but not acceptable. That's, I mean, that's our day of age. That's just now. the way that's of the, the world. Way it yeah. Is. Well, and I'm, I'm going to resist it when I have children. Period. I would hate to be your child. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> well, I'm going to resist it. I do. I, okay. You said you would hate to be my child. Do you think it's right that parents like use iPads to raise their children? What do you mean I use think, them to raise? I think it. I think it just needs limited. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's that's part of that's like, part of my thing. I'm not saying they can't ever touch technology, but like that I know so many people and adults it, it, that is seriously you cannot you will never see their children without their iPad in their hand or whatever. Oh, mm-hmm. that I agree with completely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not saying like they can't be exposed to anything at all, but I I would like to think that I can hopefully raise my children the way that I was raised because I think my parents did a good job and I like the way I turned out. Well, there's so, always that's it. In the same we regard. also had a weird in between mm-hmm. non technology and 
technological society. Of, of like, course, we, I, we are in a weird generation. I totally realize that it's not an a an apples to apples comparison either. I get yeah. that. I'm just saying, I don't like the way kids are being raised today. Well, and, and you know not, what? I have to tweet that. Uh, did I send you guys that one video of the girls in the baseball stadium doing the selfies? Yes. Yeah, I've, I've, okay, yeah, yeah, that was a thing. I hate. I hate that. I. No, I don't need to say anything about it. I I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So you guys can't come. You, there's nothing. No. I no think I, I think I'd have to start with Super Mario. That's my answer is Super Mario World on the SNES. It's the first game I remember playing. You know what? That's Good point. Game. Start them on what you know and what got you into it. And I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think that's what I really started playing heavily on was SNES. Like maybe Jaguar too, but SNES was my favorite. My my earliest memory in life is Super Mario Brothers on NES. <laughs> Mario is a... It makes so much sense to start there. It's yeah. simplistic. It's harmless. It's fun. Plant some, plant some side-scrolling seeds. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's if if that time comes where your kid can play Super Mario World, how are you going to get an SNES working on your TV? Oh, you can <laughs> you can download it on. I, I could so have it. Versions. I could have it running in a browser in thirty seconds. Yeah. Right now, well, you can even chances are you'll just be able to give them your Google Glasses. They can play it right. Right yeah. That. Oh God, I'm I'm overwhelmed. I'm done. Let's end this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe to us on iTunes and other podcast services, and we will be back next week. Yep. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>